Are you a small business owner taking huge leaps? Welcome to the Fresh Take Podcast, where fresh perspectives on entrepreneurship inspire new ideas, provide support, and harness the power of the small biz community. With your hosts, Lisa Greer and Stacy Kazmier. Lisa, I have a very important question for you. Very important question. Oh, you already know the answer. I want to talk about money and billing. Oh, money. Isn't that crazy? It's just numbers. It's just numbers, and it causes so much emotional, and it's connected to everything. And if you really try to, like, simplify it, it's literally numbers. What's Duffield? Duffield gal. Uh, Get rich, lucky bitch. Oh, gal. What's um, your first name? uh, Denise. Denise Duffield, that's right. I thought it was a hyphen something. Thomas. Denise Duffield Thomas. Thank you. I was looking for her book real fast next to me. Is why I oh, you have I was the like, book? Have book? You, I have, have her you book. Taken oh, any yeah. her, did you take her class? I did not take her class. Her boot class or boot camp or no. This is what happened. After my first year of being in business and being told basically that my prices were way too low. I am almost wanting to share them because I want to yes, show yes, and express how embarrassing well. it was. I was charging $20 an hour. Who told you? A client or did someone like, girl? And I was, so this is actually a cute story because she meant it with the best of intentions. She said it was such love. I was at Natalie Lussier's Off the Charts, her first year of Off the, well, no, it wasn't her first year. Scratch that. It was my first year of going to her Off the Charts. It was her second year. It was in New York City, my favorite city in the world. It was my favorite event because, and I just got to just say this, whoever's doing an event in New York City, you find out where Natalie had this event because it was the space was amazing it was like bright windows and it just was like where you don't you don't know where it was no i'll have to find out but uh it was awesome anyways off the charts was there it was a rockin it was amazing i met some awesome people and one gal that i met there named julie waterhouse and i'm calling her out only because she's amazing she's a web designer uh and web developer we met up for breakfast one morning and we were talking about what we do we did our little elevator speeches and we started talking about money and when she found out that i was building websites for 20 dollars an hour she goes i'm going to say this with all the love in the world but you're the reason why our industry is having such a hard time because people can just hire you for these like you know peanuts to get these websites built and then the ones who like in an, an us who develop oh, oh, and code those you build are gorgeous uh, she does beautiful work, and she, but she really taught me a valuable, and I was not offended and at all. And you do beautiful work, but sometimes you need someone to just tell you this is how it is. Because nobody, if, there's no handbook. There's yeah. no, we don't and, all work in one office together so we can ask each other these questions. Exactly. And you know what? When you're coming from corporate America and you hear $20 an hour, you're thinking, that's a good price, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you mentioned that to your family. It's like, wow, that's, you're making $20 an hour? Like, that's amazing. And then to find out that that's not enough for what you're doing, right? Plus, that first year I was in business, I was, not only was I not charging enough, I was also, I had the wrong title attached to what I do. I was calling myself a virtual assistant. See, when and you so, say VA, I think $20 an hour is fair. That's, I was just but you're say, not so being a sense. VA. You're being a, you're a web, I was you were building a website. Website. Yeah. Doing production work. I was, you know, I was doing a lot more than just you're what VAs do. 
But at the same time, again, shout out to the VAs. There are some really good VAs out there who actually charge even more than $20 an hour. They charge upwards of $50, $60 an hour, and that's because they can do a lot. They're expected to do a lot. And that's a whole conversation for another day as far as what is the right price to charge. But it does play in part to what we are talking about today, which is budgeting. And when you're hiring someone or when you're looking to buy something for your business in those first few years, especially every single penny and droplet of money that comes into your account is so precious mm-hmm. that and then, and then if you have on top of that money issues, which I did have, like I had major money blocks. So when you say money blocks, does that just mean like I don't I don't feel good about money? Like how do how do you define it? Okay. When I say I had money blocks, I would actively say I hate money. <laughs> like I'd say it out loud. I oh, hate God. money. I hate talking about money. I don't like I don't like money. Boom. And it's because it made me uncomfortable. I I never wanted people to feel like like I don't know, I associated with just putting people in the situation where it made them feel less because they either had it or they didn't have it. And I just don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. I would much rather you owe me money than I owe you money. Like for me to owe you money is the worst feeling in the world. You can owe me all day long and you can take your time because of the fact that, again, I know how uncomfortable it is. And, you know, when I was working with Marcy, ironically enough, and I'm just really putting it all out there, um, she made me do an exercise about this very thing because I did. I had some money, a major money block. <laughs> I love she Marcy. She said it. She's awesome. And she said to me, if, you know, if you don't, how are you supposed to ever like, get money if you put this energy out there that like right hate it, that repels right? it right yeah and again when I was you know when I was growing up after my parents got divorced my mom was a single mom and there were times at the cash register where she had to put things back mm-hmm. and I now that I'm an adult my mom my mom did not care she had to put stuff back who cares we'll put it back it's not the end of the world right. but for me as the child seeing my mom have to put stuff back it was more about she must be so embarrassed. I don't want her to be embarrassed. So it started this habit of, mom, do you have enough money for this? I start to calculate at the at the register. Does she have enough money for this? Yeah. Money just meant embarrassment if you didn't have it. And it just meant, I don't know, I just didn't like it. That's what started it. And so after my work with Marcy, but even, you know, I got the book from Denise and I, I realized, okay, money does not have to define you in this way. And of course, I did more work with Marcy in terms of like dealing with that. Yeah. But now it's more about, you know what? I understand the concept of the value piece. I understand the concept of charging what you're worth and all of that jazz. But it's probably why my billing is the way that it is. It's probably why my contracts are the way that they are. Well, how, how is your billing? How are your contracts? I mean, I think we've talked that you have a contract that never, never ends. It's just open-ended. Doesn't mean it doesn't end. And this is why I suck at sales. And, I'll, and I was, I've been blatant about that too. And sales this girl, the conversation. The other day, <laughs> I had the sales conversation and we got to the point about the invoice. And I've just now started with my retainer clients. I've got some older retainer clients that I still bill at the end of the month. Like we do our time. It just felt, again, reverting back to I'd rather you owe me money than me owe yeah, you money. Yeah, yeah. Same type of thing. So Set you up like bill that. those grandfathered in clients after you've delivered their work is what you're saying. Uh, right. My old way of working was that way. We would, we would have a set project and set number of hours and I would do the work. And then at the end of the month I'd bill. And it wasn't until everybody was like, what? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to charge in advance. La, 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 la. I may have been one and, of those people that said that to you. Yeah. 
You were. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I love the idea. Marcy said it too. Marcy said it too. There's only been a couple times I've had to chase a couple people down, but um, and it's not fun. Burned. Thing. You've never knock on wood with those clients to date. You've not gotten burned with them not paying you. Actually, I had one client. Yeah, he was the only time that I didn't get paid on a project, and I had built a website for him, and I got most of it. It was like I think 200 bucks was left to pay on it. But anyways, so circling back, yeah, I started to now bill in advance, and I'm not gonna lie, it took a lot of work, internal work. To be okay with that. Yeah. It's more about, okay, now you know what I feel like the process got better and easier for me to charge in advance when my processes were solidified. Because then I knew processes meaning like if you are a retainer client, this is how I work with you. If you are a project like that, those processes are process Uh of meaning like your experience. Like once you've you vetted where you can say I've done this, this and this. Am I completely running off the rails? Okay, I have no idea. No. I'm talking about I mislabeled myself at the beginning of my work, called myself a VA. Oh, okay. And I was doing anything that people would dump on me. Need a website built? I'll build your website. Need social media written? I'll do it. Need this? Need that? I did anything. So it was just like it was too – the scope and the net was too broad and wide, and I didn't know what was going to be thrown my way. So I had this arbitrary list of things with an hourly rate attached to it, and whatever flushes out at the end of the month is what I would bill out. And now what I'm realizing is how that became easier in terms of to charge in advance is because I've also simultaneously been honing in on exactly what I'm offering. Right. 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 Because before it was anything goes. And now it's narrow that down a little bit. Let's really let's really focus this in a little bit. You haven't let those things go. You've honed in, but also you've delegated. Right. So it's not like you don't do some of those things anymore, but now you have a VA that, for example, you can refer to versus you having to take on those VA tasks. So you can charge what a digital production strategist in the market would be charging. Also, really quick side note, whatever that rate is, yeah, like when you said $20, it sounds great to your family. Of course it does because your family thinks $20 an hour, cash, 40 hours a week, done. No, it's not that. You have to take a whole picture of like, you have to bill your clients what like a corporation will be billing. Like if you think of your salary, your salary is part of an employee pie, right? In in corporate America. So you're, let's say you're getting 50% of a salary and then 25% is healthcare and 25% is all the other things, right? Facilities and all broken up. Well, when you're charging $20 an hour, you still have to pay your health insurance and you keep your lights on and your electrical and your internet and all those things, which then really cut down your bottom line. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, what you touched upon, I think that when entrepreneurs first start, and this is where the pricing piece gets to be super important. They don't uh, think about all those things. They don't think about all Yeah. Sorry, Terry Gentilly, I also love. She has a great creative live class on the value of, you know, it's a pricing and it's a whole pricing class and it's about the value of how to price correctly for yourself. And she touches upon the math part, Mm -hmm. the parts that we have to keep in mind, like our own project management, our own bookkeeping, our own, you know, 
dealing with the ins and outs of our own business to keep the lights on, quote unquote, right. so that you can then service your client. This is something I feel like when you start a business, like let's say you're a jewelry designer and you're just dealing with jewelry. You've never, maybe, you know, you might not have ever talked about or had to deal with bookkeeping or had to deal with price structures and how maybe, yes, the hard costs of, oh, I've got to buy my stones and I'm not sure because I'm not a jewelry designer, but like the things you have to buy, those hard mm-hmm. costs, those mm-hmm. fixed costs. That is a lot easier as entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs like us. It's easy for us to have fixed things like our hosting costs this much, our Hootsuite, you know, subscription costs this much. But the rest but of when it comes hard. to But when it comes to hiring people, taking what they do into account of how does this affect, you know, your bottom line, that's a little tougher. And it's yep. not as easy as just, well, just plug in these numbers and here spits out this other number and this is super simple it's not it's not like that no because it's like how will i will i be able to sustain that is that valuable to me that's their value and they're going to help me but then obviously it adds to your bottom line i don't want to say you pass on that to the client you know that cost ultimately yes because where are you generating your revenue from as the client but it's very tricky to figure those things out how do you well, know what where- everybody else is charging like copywriters are not they're all over. Summarize high is seven hundred dollars an hour. And again, when I started, I was at twenty five dollars an hour because I had no idea. It wasn't. Did you say seven hundred or seven hundred? Seven hundred dollars okay. an hour. And copy is different than interior design. Interior design was I learned that structure in school. I worked in that industry. I worked for designers, and I knew what they charged, and I could very easily gauge my skill set and my value. And this is what I'm billing, and it was very easy. Well. I can't just erase interior design and write in copy and have the same structure because that doesn't mean anything. And again, like you talked in the beginning, this is an industry where you don't know and working for yourself. I can't turn like you're not sitting next to me for me to be like, have you worked with a copywriter before? What was your value? What was your service? Did you pay hourly? Did you pay per project? How was the outcome? And what did you pay? Like, I have no idea. And also, again, touching back to the jewelry designer I think all the time if I had a brick and mortar store and like a for lack of a better term a brick and mortar product like a a ring or a necklace how easy would that be because this is the cost for my materials this is the time I put into it this is what I need to charge to make that worthwhile whenever you're doing your assessments your quarterly assessments which you should be doing is evaluate, okay, what have I been spending my money on? Mm-hmm. And how is the return on that investment, you know, that ROI, that lovely keyword, but is the return on investment a value? Some things you'll notice will be a definite yes, can't live without it. The peace of mind I get from this alone is worth every single penny. Whoops. And then there's other times when I'm noticing that, you know what? I don't know that my return on investment, for, you know, was as good as it should have been. And oh, maybe this wasn't the best investment deal or especially when you're doing like programs, courses, uh, and you're starting to like, you know, bring into play people, you know, some people have, you know, might be, they might cost a little more, right. but maybe they will shell out such high quality work that it saves you a, such a ton of time. And then there are some people who, who charge a lot that aren't worth $2, let alone, <laughs> The value I'm really noticing, especially with courses and programs now, I used to, my first few years in business, it was like grab anything I could get my hands on. I felt like I didn't know the online world enough, even though I had been in it 
this whole online world, the online community is a completely different beast. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I didn't know enough. Right. So I wanted to grab, grab, grab. Well, grab, and I grab. think it's and, hard to get your footing in there to grab it because mm-hmm. it is this whole beast and it is this whole machine and it's who you know and it's where you are in it and how you connect and who you connect to and where are your clients in it? Are they at the high end of it? Are they at the entry level of it? Like it's, it changes so much. It's just something you have so, to constantly reevaluate. Like you said, quarterly, look at every quarter. So when you're getting ready to either buy a piece of software or, you know, a new subscription to something for your business, or you're even signing on a new program or course, do you have criteria that you now look at before you make that purchase? How does it fit into your budget? That's a good question. I've gotten to be very, okay, I'm not very frugal in general because I think like it does only take a few extra dollars to go first class. You know, like if I'm going to spend money, I'd rather spend a couple extra dollars for the nicer experience in general. That being said, in my business, especially in this quarter of my business, I really scaled back in looking at the ROI. What am I really gaining? And does it align with where I need to grow in my business. So although that's not always a concrete thing, like right now I need more structure in marketing, for example. Is it a marketing class? Is it a networking class? Is it a website design class? Obviously the networking is where I need to be, not the web design class. So in that way, I'm looking at it from more an emotional, where do I need to grow standpoint, which Mm -hmm. then helps me understand this is my budget for not incidentals, but this is my pushing my business budget, my business growth budget, class budget, you know, so it's that umbrella. It allows me to determine that value and it changes. When I tell you that right now today, next month, it will be different than the month after or than it was last month. What about you? Do you, how do you determine that? Well, now it's about what do I really need? What what are my goals for this coming quarter? And is what I'm about to buy going to help that goal in any way, shape or form? And let me preface this by saying I don't think I've ever purchased something. In fact, I know I've never purchased anything from my business that I didn't ultimately either was going to help it grow in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. However, there are a few things that I've purchased, especially with some courses where I grabbed onto them knowing oh, I've got to do this and then I never finished the course. Or, you know, I have yet to get to it. And I could have saved my money at that point until yeah. I had time to fit it into my – that's where I think the difference came was now I don't buy anything right now. And I hate it because there's some really interesting things that are popping up right now that some people are doing um, that I really want to jump on. Yep. But I've I've told myself, nope, you've got to finish the ones you did and implement those first before you start going get, you know, gangbusters on your next round. And I've noticed that's too that- where I'm at. I can totally relate to that. I'm at a no purchase zone time because I am not implementing what the classes that I've taken or the the resources that I purchased. So what's the point? Also, I think it's the season that we're at in our business where you're sort of like a junior in your business. When you're a freshman and you're coming in, it's I need that. I need that. I don't know this. I need this and I need this. And I think the mistake that I made and some business owners make is thinking that they need the class, the course, the product to know what they're doing. One, you could just connect with someone. You could just do a little Googling and you could save that money because being a small business, whether it's your first year or your 10th year, you need to save as much of your resources as possible and really direct it where you're going to get the big bang, have a website that's hosted from a hosting company that doesn't 
break down all the time. Have your social media scheduled, like stuff like that, where you could really see the ROI versus I'll get to that at some point. You're spending more money than you would on hosting a site, for example. Absolutely. So what money blocks do you have? Where are you stuck? Where do you need to get a little more clear on your business and your spending? How are you going to do that? If you want to touch base with us and let us know, we would love to hear. Leave a note below in the comments or join us in the Facebook group where we can discuss it with you. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, whether it's morning or night, wherever you are, or if you're in the car or maybe you're eating lunch like we need to do. Enjoy your day. (laughs) Thanks for being here. And we'll see you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Fresh Take Podcast. Small biz talk for big action takers. Be sure to join in the Fresh Take community by visiting thefreshtakepodcast.com. Join the conversation in our Facebook group, add your comments on our episodes, and grab resources mentioned during the show.